listening to audio from Oasis Church in Winter Haven, Florida. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit our website at www.oasischurchwh.org. And thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. My name is Bill Morrill, and I serve in the flag ministry, putting the flags out there in front. And this year I'll be serving as co-leader for our Wednesday night Bible study. We'll be starting on the 12th. Please come. Before I start, I'd ask Pastor if I could say thank you. And I want to say thank you, thank you, and thank you. When my wife and I first came here to the church, we were driving up, and she said, this is the place. My wife Linda was legally blind, so she couldn't even see the church. I knew this was a Holy Spirit job talking to my wife. A couple things I've learned in the years I've been saved is the Holy Spirit is always right. The second thing I've learned is my wife is always right. And the third thing, in the few cases where she wasn't, go back to number one and number two. And she was absolutely right. In the months that she was sick, you showered us with your love and kindness and support. Thank you. In the weeks where we had our homegoing services for her, You showered us with love and kindness and support again. Thank you. In these months of grieving, and in the most difficult holiday season I've ever had, you have made it beautiful with your kindness, love, and support. You guys are treasures for me. And today, our lesson will be on treasures. So get your hankies out. (laughs) Tissue break. And this is today's reading from Luke 12, verses 22 to 34. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God... So close the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. How much more will he clothe you? O ye of little faith, and do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Love you, Bill. Maybe you've noticed at the end of every reading on Sunday mornings, we've ended with, this is the word of the Lord. You know why? Because it is. (laughs) Nothing we will ever read from the Scripture can be disconnected from the heart of God. He he inspired, the the words are inspired, and then he used the writers to pen exactly what he wanted written. Some of it is confusing, amen? Some of it is confusing. Some of it is hard, like today's reading is hard. But it's all God's word. It's all words of his love to us that we can hear, we can embrace, and then ultimately we should obey. So we're going to conclude each time, and some of you will have an opportunity, and many of you, I hope, all of you will have an opportunity to read God's Word to us before we begin. We'll always conclude with, this is 
the word of the Lord. And some of you have noticed that I've been responding each week to this is the word of the Lord. And, and, and my response has been each week, thanks be to God. Why? Because that God has spoken to us. That he would consider us worth his time is enough to be thankful for. If we never have anything else to be thankful. And it's a, it's a little bit of a responsive thing. You say, well, did, did that have a tradition somewhere? I'm pretty sure it came from the Roman Catholic tradition. And you go, how, how dare us? Look, you know, j- just because we don't jihaw with some of the theology that, every, that came about, that doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? They got some good things that we, that we like and that we can embrace. So moving forward, we'll read God's Word, which is the Word of the Lord. And our response will be, thanks be to God. So just be ready. You'll forget next week. But I'll say it, and you'll go, oh, yeah, I was supposed to respond as well. Hopefully, it's a response of obedience before we've ever even heard the lesson. That God said it, thanks be to God. We have his word. We have our marching orders. Now let us obey. I want to thank Chad Greer for a marvelous job he did last week in our absence. Thank you for letting us be gone at Christmas time. It's a real blessing. We spent a few days longer than we normally do. Uh, our parents are getting a little older, and we're recognizing that the, the time we spend with them is going to become more and more taxing on them. So I'm sure that our visits will, in the days to come, probably be shortened a little bit just so that they can maintain their sanity and health with us coming in, blowing in and blowing out. But this year was a, just a really special time. We, we got time to spend a little extra, and, uh, and it was just, it's always a blessing to be with them, and this year was, was uh, nothing less than that. Chad, last week, bless his heart, he started the lesson in chapter 12 that I was planning to preach in one sermon. I was planning to go from verse number 12 all the way to verse number 34 because there's a nice little parable in the middle that you can spend time on. And then in the verses 22 through 34 where Jesus says the really hard things, I would look at the clock, I would only have a few minutes left, and I would spend only a few minutes on the hard things we'd pray and go home. But that's not what you did for me. I love him. He handled the parable. Left me the hard stuff. Well, I guess that's what... God wanted me to share, probably because I need it more than anybody else in the room. And so having to share it sure puts me behind the proverbial eight ball of are you going to obey this or are you going to disobey? You know what Jesus has said in in this section that Bill read for us, it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, as you listen to what Jesus is saying, he's coming off the heels of this parable that he told in response to a question from the crowd. If you were here last week, you remember the question of the crowd was, hey, Jesus, how about tell my brother to share the estate with me like he's supposed to? I'm sure some of you have even been in family squabbles, and you know how those things can go. If you've never been there, you probably will be at some point in some way, shape, or fashion, or you've seen or heard it through somebody you love. Because when it comes to the things that grandma owned, it doesn't matter how valuable it is to the world, we will scratch and claw to get ours. And, and Jesus says, you know, I, I'm really not here for that discussion. It, it's not that Jesus didn't have anything to say about it. In fact, that's what we'll deal with today. But what Jesus is saying is, is that you really got a bigger problem than your selfish brother. The bigger problem is your own greed. Your own lust for what you think you deserve and ought to be. That's the bigger problem that you should deal with. And I mean, he makes it very pointed with his parable saying you can gather up and gather up more and gather up so much you got to tear down your, your shop in order to build a bigger one to have room for the new stuff you've got. And what you don't realize is that your life is so fragile When you think you have it under control, God says your life ultimately is in my hands. You have no control whatsoever. 
over your life or your death. And that one who had amassed so much in his greed had his life taken and all his stuff left. And Jesus says, he's a fool. And so is the one who spends his time on worldly possessions rather than on building that relationship that is available with his creator, with his God. And then Jesus turns to his disciples. See, he's speaking to the crowd. The crowd's just asking Jesus to settle an argument. Jesus said, I'm not about settling your arguments. I'm about speaking truth. The truth is, you're greedy. That's a bigger problem than what you want me to settle for you. Now, guys, listen. On the heels of this discussion about greed, let's just spend some time on the stuff of life. I I titled this, God's Kingdom and Earthly Stuff. You know, there's a difference between the two. Earthly stuff have no bearing whatsoever on God's kingdom. God's kingdom is supreme. God's kingdom is is the ultimate and nothing we will ever possess. What's your favorite possession? Nothing you have will ever compare to who God is and his plan for humanity made right with him and walking in fellowship with him. And so Jesus says, look, while we're on the subject of stuff, let's just talk about the stuff that you have, the stuff that you need, the stuff that you want, and let's look at that stuff through the lens of the kingdom, through the lens of me, through the lens of what faith in me should cause you to think and do. And, and he says basically three things. First, he says, don't worry about your physical needs. You've got needs. We, we get it. We all have them. Don't worry about it. Okay. Jesus says, but no, no, just don't worry about your physical needs. Trust God's faithful provision. You don't have to worry about your physical needs. When you're with me, you don't have to worry about a thing. You can trust God's faithful provision. So how do I know God's going to faithfully provide? Well, look at some of the things he's providing for that has no idea who it is that's providing, and yet God is meticulous in the way he interacts with his creation. So don't worry about the things you need. Trust that God will faithfully provide, and then with all this extra time you've got, focus completely on God's kingdom. What is kingdom economics? Don't worry about what you need. Trust God to provide faithfully and then put all your eggs in the kingdom basket. Can I just go ahead and tell you all of those things we would nod in approval of? Absolutely. If you're a follower of Jesus, you go, absolutely, Pastor Kevin. I don't have to worry about a thing. I can trust God to provide, and I can focus on the kingdom. You know what our problem is? Is that we are so ingrained in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that we boil, don't worry about what you need, trust God to faithfully provide and, and focus on the kingdom. We boil all that down and put it in one container that we throw in the backpack that is stitched and held together by life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We try to adjust the kingdom of God to meet an American mindset. We try to take what God has said that's far beyond all nations and plans and governments and economies. And God says, I'm God and everything else is falling apart. And we try to boil God down and God's plan, God's kingdom down to a way that we can manipulate it while pursuing the American dream. That's our problem. And that American dream, more often than not, is fueled by greed. Now, I'm not here to talk about 
capitalism and pros and the cons and all that kind of stuff. We, we could talk about that, and those are great discussions. And, and you know what? From an earthly perspective, those are good conversations to have. You know, there are some good, better, worse things in the world, on earth, all kinds of things, governments and ways and financial plans and all that kind of stuff. There's good, better, bad, worse. But that's all in the earthly sphere. In the heavenly sphere, where the kingdom of Christ is, is, is brought from, what did Jesus tell Pilate? I'm not, my kingdom's not of this world. My kingdom's not an economy to choose over against because it's... No, my kingdom is from another place. My kingdom is supreme. All this down here is broken. It's just broken pieces. Some are just shinier than others, but they're all broken. And if we try to boil the kingdom principles down to looking through the American dream eyes, we'll live frustrated and chances are great, every one of us are living frustrated when it comes to passages like this. Because we've just bought in so much to that God, yes, God is God, but, you know, he does root for America during Olympic years. You know, America's his favorite, you know, right? Oh, and you know, when it comes down to the championship He's rooting for America. Right? No, no. But that's where we're at, and that's what makes this hard. First, Jesus says, don't worry about your physical needs. He says in verse 22, don't be anxious about your life. Don't be anxious about your body. What are the two most important things about your life and your body? It's, it's food and shelter. And Jesus boiled it down to just like clothing. He didn't even say anything about a shelter. He just, because he knows that, that the body can survive with clothing and you get under a tree or in a cave. If you're naked, you, you're going to be exposed and, and you're going to be in a world hurt. And if you're not eating, you're not drinking, you don't have those basic needs, your physical life will not last very long at all. And Jesus is talking to a group of people who spend a lot of their time thinking about food and clothing. You know why? Because they are poor. Because they cannot afford food and clothing. Because they know if they don't have food, they're going to die. They know if they don't have clothing, then they're going to get sick and die. They're going to be exposed. They're going to be vulnerable. And so they're thinking, because they're poor, and they're wondering, how am I going to get my next meal? What are my children going to eat tomorrow? How am I going to have enough to buy that, that, that uh, length of cloth to make enough clothing just to cover our kids and each other? And then Jesus says, don't worry about that. See, for them, they didn't have so much of a greed problem we do. For them, they had a necessity problem. Jesus goes, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. No, don't, don't worry about it. Because the body is more than, than food, or the, your life is more than food. Your body's more than clothing. Think back in your memory when Jesus was out in the desert with, with Satan. Remember when he was, he was, he was uh, fasting 40 days, he didn't eat. For 40 days, he was out there praying. It was just before his public ministry, and Satan came to tempt him. He's like, geez, you're hungry, aren't you? Well, of course I'm hungry. I mean, some of y'all just haven't eaten since supper time, and you're thinking about, well, what's for lunch? <laughs> you know, I get it, right? And listen, ba based on what I've eaten in the last two weeks, I'm good till the end of January, honestly. Probably. But we get that gnawing because we get hungry. Jesus has been out there 40 days, hadn't he? Satan says, you're hungry, aren't you? Why don't you just turn those rocks into bread? And what did Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone. Could I turn those rocks to bread? Sure I could. You know I could. But that's not God's will. I didn't come to turn rocks to bread in order to satisfy my hunger. I came to walk in complete obedience to the Father. 
in a manner just like everybody who sees me and knows me. I've come to be one of them in their broken environment. And I've come to walk in complete trust of God. Having set aside all of my rights, having set aside all of the things that I could say and do on my own, I have come to walk with him. And if God hadn't provided bread for me, I ain't worried about it. Well, you could die, Jesus, not before God wants me to. If I'm walking in his will, I mean bread's going to show up any way he wants it to. Even if that is early every morning and twice as much on Saturday for 40 years. You know why? Because God has proven it time and time and time again. So I hadn't seen God work. Well, you need to spend more time in this in 2022 because he shows us over and over again. I take care of mine. They can trust me. Jesus, don't worry about it. Jesus didn't say, don't work. Jesus didn't say, don't save. Jesus didn't say, don't invest. Don't hear more than what Jesus said. Jesus said, don't worry. What are you worried about? He said, I'm not worried about a thing. You liar. (laughs) You a liar you are. What are you worried about? Be honest. You got them. What are you worried about? You know why we worry? Because we think we're in control. You know, I'm trying to figure out. Now, don't get me wrong. We can make dumb mistakes. And and sometimes our worry is not really worry as much as it is the fear of how these things are going to turn out. You know, the consequences that are going to come because of foolish choices I made. But Jesus, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. You can't change it. You can't go back in time. I don't care what kind of car you've got or, or crazy professors you hang around with. You can't go back in time. You just got to walk in truck. Don't worry about it. He says, look. Your needs don't depend on you. Now, yes, if you're a father in this room, your husband, you you need to be going to work. Can I say that? I think I can. You You need to get up and go to work. If there's a reason you can't get up and go to work, you need to get help. I get it. I'm not saying that there's not things that, that, that cloud our mind and, and, and that, that there's not things. Look, if, if you're not able to do, then, then get help. If, if you're not able to, 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 to go and do after you've gotten help, then be productive somehow. Be involved. Just be involved. Why? Because you got a family. And God didn't say to sit around and, you know, play video games. And, you know, they, they say that. He said, work, get up, go to work. But remember, God, I'm going to work. But me and you both know that I'm not the one providing. Me and you both know you're the one that's providing. He says, your needs don't depend on you now. I want you to be involved in the process. I want you to be obedient. I want you to go to work as a representative of Jesus. I want you to go to work as, as somebody who's not just living in greed like everybody else. I want you to go as a, as, what did Jesus do every day? He got up and he worked in the same trade that he did with his, with his father, his earthly father. What did Paul do when he went from place to place to place? If, if, if there wasn't like food ready, if there weren't people that were ready to help him, what did he do? He made tents. You know, he was busy, but who was providing? God was providing. God said, don't worry about it. You just be obedient and then don't worry. What's your biggest areas of worry right now? Biggest areas of worry. Is it food? Could be. Could be. Don't worry about it. Especially don't worry about it since we know that there are ministries in this city that are ready to meet those food needs. And I'd love to be able to introduce them. And if they don't meet it, guess what? We got a budget in this church to help meet food. Nobody should go hungry if you know us. Because God's provided. 
So what's your biggest worry? Is it food? Is it clothing? Is it shelter? Is it finances? Is it your health? Are you worried about your health? Look, we, what we don't know, we don't know. And you know what that causes us to do? Worry. You know why? Because we don't know what we don't know. I mean, just, we, we just don't. And so we worry. And you know what Jesus says? Stop. You're like, how am I supposed to do that? Well, I was, I was dead, but, but now I'm not. And, and I'm God. And you can trust me. You go, Pastor Kevin, you don't know what I'm going through. You're right. I don't. I also don't know what I'm going to go through that I'm going to worry about. But Jesus says the same thing every time. Don't worry about that. You don't worry about that. I'm not worried about that. So don't you worry about that. What we need to do is be honest about what we're worried about. And you know what it is. You know what it is right now. It may not just be one thing. Maybe a half a dozen. Like, whatever you want to talk about. Talk about work. Here's my work list. Here's my home list. Here's my school list. Whatever it is. What if we just got honest today? First Sunday of 2022. And we just said, you know what? You know what, Lord? I'm not going to lie to you and say I'm going to quit worrying. But what I want to say is I, I want you to help me say no to the worry. And here are some of the things you're going to have to help me with. Because I don't know what you know about these things, and I'm wanting to worry about them, and you're saying, stop it. I'd say be honest with it, and then confess it as sin, because you know what? That's what it is. It, it, you say, sin? I'm not trying to break, you know, fellowship with God. I know you're not. But if you're a follower of Jesus and you're worried about stuff, what you're saying is, I can't trust you, Lord. And we know that that is a reflection of our brokenness and our sin. And it's an opportunity to say, God, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to sin through worry, but I just am. And I need your help. And just help me to trust you. That's how he moves in. He says, you, because you, you can. You can trust me. You can stop worrying. You can trust me. Here's how. Consider, he says, the ravens. Consider those rascals, the crows, the raven. They, look, they don't go out, you know, I know. I used to love the Bugs Bunny cartoons, you know. Remember the coyote and the, and the dog would meet up at the clock? And they'd go, good morning, George. Hello, Frank. You know, they clock in. I love that cartoon. That's not real. You know, they're not real, right? Birds aren't clocking in, you know. They're not showing up and falling in line going, y'all doing good? Yeah, I didn't sleep well. That's, you know, it's not. That, that's not how it works. They just live. They don't sow. They don't reap. Crows, the ravens, eat every day. Now, they eat some nasty stuff. I'll be honest with you. But they eat. They're not, they're not you know fumbling with their talons, scratching their beaks, wondering what they're just, hey, if I can't find it here, I'll fly over there. It'll be something over there. They're not worried about it. Not even thinking about it. Jesus says, consider those nasty birds. And you're way more valuable to God than them. And he cares about them. He's providing for them. And they don't have a clue about who he is. And you're way more valuable to him just watch what he does around you and trust his faithfulness well god i'm i'm I, you know I'm, I'm trying to trust you but you know i just i just don't just don't know if i'm gonna be able to to wait on you ever been around somebody who who just knew more about something than you did and you were trying to help you know, and you were handing them a tool that they didn't need yet. But you thought they needed it, and you kept trying to put it to them. And they look at you like, I'm, I don't, I, I'll, what do they say? I'll let you know when I need your help. Otherwise, just let me do this thing for you, right? You call me. You said, could you come? Now? I said, yeah, i come. Here I am. I'm doing the thing. Now, you're just getting in my way. My bad. 
Just let you do this. This past couple of weeks, I, I told Dad, I said, "Look, there's a couple of fence, a couple of gates that I would like for him. I mean, he might have been perfectly satisfied with the way the gates were, but I didn't like that they didn't swing like this. I want to swing." I said, "So let's let's do some. Let's put in some posts. Let's rehang those gates. It'd be fun. It'd be great." And it was, it was fun. The great news is that he had called another guy down the road, who on the side, guess what he did? Fence work. Fence guy shows up and did it way better than I would, and I wouldn't have known how. And you know what I did? I stood there at the post hole with the post hole diggers just as long as I could stand there until he said, okay, we can dig. Great, I'm going to dig because I didn't want to be doing that until it was time to dig, you know? And I'd dig, and I'd pull it out, and I'd say, you, you want me to dig some more? Oh, no, let's measure that. And then he'd tell me what to do, and, I, and we, we put up some gates. And I say, we loosely. He put up some gates. I got a little bit dirty and sweaty, but the gates are up. Why? Because we had somebody who knew better than I did, and I could have been telling him how to do, and I would have frustrated him, and we'd have went into the dark, and it would have just not have been a good thing. Best thing for me to do is just show up, learn a little bit about how to build a corner for a gate, and, and then be ready. If he said, hey, you want to dig a while? Sure, I'll dig a while. That's the best thing. Because we got two great swinging gates. That's what I wanted in the first place. Jesus said, don't worry about stuff. Trust God and be willing to wait on him to do it the right way. See, what well, we get anxious because he's not doing it our way. God will never do it your way. Now, God may give you a cookie to satisfy you while he's doing it his way. But don't you ever think God's doing it your way. Lord, I want you to do this and that and other. And, and then I get it. And we're like, God did it my way. No, he didn't. He's just pacifying you while he's doing it the better way. <laughs> Trust God's faithful pursuit. You know what Jesus didn't say here? Jesus didn't say, go live mooching off of others. That, that happens every now and then, don't it? You've had folks in your life that, you know, that it's made me, they don't even say they're trusting the Lord, but what they end up doing is mooching off of your work, right? You go to work and they get to eat, right? Jesus didn't say that. Jesus didn't say just, look, just, hey, just go live from house to house. Enjoy what I've provided for others. No. He says live by faith. Verse 27, consider the lilies, how they grow. They don't toil, they don't spin. Even Solomon, the richest king, was not as gloriously arrayed as these. And if God so clothes the grass, verse 28, uh, yeah, 28, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into them, how much more will he clothe you, clothe you, O you of little faith? So maybe what we need to do today in, in adding up our list of worries is to also say, Lord, I want to, I would, I would like for 2022 to be a year of not only less worry, but less complaint because I'm trusting you to be faithful. Maybe that's what we all need today. It's just saying, I, I worry too much, Lord, and here are the things. Help me with my worry. Help me to trust you. And God, help me as I trust you to stop complaining about what is going. Because you know what? That very well might be a part of what you're doing in my life. Is it possible that God can both be against things that are bad in our world and yet use them mightily for our good? Is that possible? Of course it is. You think about the many years that the Israelites were in captivity in Egypt. Bad deal. Bad deal. But you know what God used that to do? Show a nation who was really God. 
and show me and you and countless others throughout the generations just what the God of creation can do when he decides to do flies and darkness and boils and you know and and, and uh, all kinds of uh, things that that he can, when he just decides he's gonna do he can do whatever he wants if it was a bad thing he wasn't pleased with the slavery but he used it is it possible that God can use the events of 2020 some of which that have changed patterns in our life in this country could it be possible that God can use those things that he's not pleased with for our refocus? Is it possible that God can use a, a pandemic and, and make that be something that he's not pleased with because that's, that's just a, another reflection of the brokenness of humanity, the brokenness that is caused by sin in our world. Is it possible that he can use that? To make his glory shine brighter? Absolutely. Because that's how he works. So God, he says, trust the Father to fight. Don't worry about the things that you need. God knows what you need. Trust God to faithfully provide. Sometimes he'll use others to meet your needs. And when he does that, he's working in the giver and the receiver. So how can you creatively remind yourself to trust God to faithfully provide your needs? I think making it a matter of public, verbal prayer. God, I want to trust you today. I need to. And I need you to help me to stop worrying. And then lastly, he says, Do not seek... What you're to eat, verse 29, what you're to drink or be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Don't worry about what you need. Trust God to provide. Be a part of the process. Don't sit at home presuming upon God. Get up. If you can get up, put your clothes on. If you put your clothes on, go to work. If you have a job, if you don't have a job, look for a job. If you can't get a job, do what you can. Be a part of the process. If you can't, look, you say, I'm, I'm better. I can't move around. I, you know, I wish I could do more. Then look, just be active, even if that's in your mind. Just be pressing forward. Brother right there, y'all know him as Mr. Schultz. His friends call him Nathan. A few years back, a thing that God is not pleased with caused, called a stroke took more talent from my brother than I will ever have. Can I say that again? Nathan Schultz had more talent than I will ever have in my life. He played instruments. He wrote music. He knew computers back and forth. He could preach. I've heard him. He wrote curriculums. He did all of those things. And in an instant, a stroke took those abilities from my brother. Because God was mad at him? Nope. Because God wanted to hurt him? Not at all. In fact, I would say that Nathan's creator is as disappointed in the reality of strokes as we are. Because he knows what that comes from, and that is our brokenness and sin. But God allowed that. And God took from Nathan the ability to do a whole bunch of things. He can't do today. But you know what he's doing? He's staying at it. He learned how to walk. He learned how to move. A brother's got one really good arm he can fire an automatic weapon. I'm just telling you, more is a warning than anything. <laughs> you say, how does he do it? I'm talking about, bang, he's a good shot. Just telling you, you know. But that brother has kept working and has kept striving. And, and, and we're going to get to benefit from that this year. With, with a tool that he's created can I just say, Nathan, 
can't read like you and I can. He can read. He knows what the paper says in his brain. It just doesn't process like that for him. He has to let Siri read it for him because of how his brains work back together. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't go, well, I can't read it. I'm done with this. He could have. He just kept on turning. Well, how can I make Siri read this for me? You know, how can, I, how can I get this to stay here while I figure out how to do it? And you know what? He's pressing on. And that man right there in our congregation is case and point. Why not? One of us need to worry. And can trust God's provision. And can focus on God's kingdom. That's what he's been doing. That's what we can do. Jesus said, look. Don't worry about all that other stuff. Greed will take you that direction. You need to get a handle on that. But don't worry about what you need. God knows what you need. Don't worry about those things that, that you don't have under control because God is un, over control of, of your life. He can provide and he'll be faithful. And what I need you to do is get your sights on the kingdom. Because all the nations of the world chase after those things. Instead, verse 31... Seek his kingdom, and these things will be added unto you. And fear not, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Seek the kingdom, and guess what? God the Father wants you to experience it. Meaning, go searching, hope you find it. Good luck out there not like a gold rush situation Jesus is saying the kingdom is here and you can walk in it and God wants you to if you'll focus your life on it quit worrying about all that stuff quit worrying about what you don't have control trust God to provide be a part of the process do as you've been called but then focus your energies on the kingdom on me it sounds different than what do you want to be when you grow up when we're talking to teenagers who we hope know the Lord it's looking at them and going how has God wired you and what is he wanting to do through you for his purposes and his glory some of them are going to say he wants me to preach some of them are going to say he wants me to go overseas some of them are going to say he wants me to be a doctor Some of them are going to say he wants me to be a banker. But you know why it's going to be better than just saying I want to be a doctor or a banker or whatever? It's because it's about what he wants. And when it's about what he wants, then we'll do those things under his control as a witness and a light to those that we come into contact with in all fields, in every arena. He says, seek The kingdom actively communicate his message of salvation by grace through faith in King Jesus crucified and risen. We can pursue the kingdom by communicating the kingdom's message. We can pursue the kingdom by adjusting our life to his work and instructions. And we can pursue the kingdom by intentionally investing in others by being generous. And even this week I look at the clock. When I come to the place where Jesus says, verse 33, so sell your stuff. Sell your stuff and give it to the needy. When I wait a minute, Lord, so, so we, got, we got some stuff. And what's worse than that is we got some stuff that we like. Now, what did Jesus not tell us to do? Sell everything and be homeless. That's not what he said. Jesus didn't even look at the lives of those and go, and Peter, what you need to sell is the extra camel, and John, what you need to sell is your extra, and what you need to sell is your favorite. That's not what Jesus said. Here's what Jesus said. Sell your stuff and give it to the needy, Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. 
Where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We're talking about just in music prep time this morning. Just the idea of it seems that what Jesus is saying, you got something you like? You got something you enjoy? The answer is, yeah, yeah, Lord, I work, you know, trying to get that. And I, I do. I've been working. And he says, you know what you could do? You could sell it. You could give it away. And guess what? That act of kingdom focus will lay up for you future blessing that will far outweigh anything you would enjoy here. Jesus didn't say, Bill, you like your new bike? I know you do. You checked it out. Jesus didn't say, Bill, go sell that bike, Bill. Give the money to the poor. He didn't say that. He didn't say it. But what he did say is, Kevin, you like your fill in the blank. I say, yes, Lord. He goes, you know what? You could sell that and give it away. I sure could, Lord, but I sure like that. I know you like it. Nothing wrong with that. But if you act in obedience, you deny yourself the opportunity to enjoy it, and you plant it as an investment in the needs of others, I've got that down. And that will be reward that can't go away. Bill, your bike's going to break down eventually, right? Of course it will. The car we want is going to break down. The new gadget. The vacation home. Wait, Pastor Kevin, now you're getting over it. No, I'm just saying. It's not bad. Jesus just saying, you know what? Is that, is that permanent? No, sir, it's not. Just saying. I know you enjoy it. I'm just saying. You want to sell that and invest it on my account? As a focus on the kingdom, I guarantee I got that down. And those rewards won't ever go away. So he kind of lays it down as an opportunity to test him. So I don't know what you got right now that, that God's putting on. It's not your bike, Bill. Please don't. It's not that. Unless it is. I don't know what God's doing. What God's pressing on you right now to go, you know what? I can give that away. But I don't want to give that away. But I might like to trust him, give that away, help somebody else, sell that, press it on down the line, and just let God bless me. Didn't say he'd give it to you now. He said, what? What was it? The, the treasure in heaven? In the heavens? Well, God, wait on it. But it's okay because it's guaranteed. Jesus says, look. You can walk as close to me as you want to. D does it encourage you when the uh, Hernandez family comes to Oasis Church and you go, hey, so where y'all live? And they go, hey, we don't have a home. We don't have anywhere in the U.S. So where do you stay? Well, we just call up folks in the areas that we're going to stay in and we trust God to provide us a place to stay. And they got like more than half a dozen kids. And you go, well, I could never do that. Sure you could. That's what God wants you to do. And, and, and things like that, you know what you could do? You could trust God. He's like, be as radical as you want with the trusting of your father. And he is happy to oblige you. So maybe we should just start off by asking the question, what do I have that others could use that I could do without? God, how, how would you want me to invest that in others? How, how can I pursue the kingdom? And, and how can I seek to follow you by just being generous? Last week, uh, Chad said that, that, that God is interested in those three areas of relationship and generosity and contentment. I love that. How could we be generous in 2022? How could we have a generous outlook? How could we seek first God's kingdom and, and, and let him provide all the rest of it? Feels dangerous, don't it? 
feels reckless, don't it? Jesus is like, it's fun. We've just got to get to a place where we want to be obedient enough to have that kind of fun. Because it's there for all of those who will follow. Deal with greed. Look at stuff through the right lens. And then follow Jesus radically and obediently. He'll take care of you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. (laughs) Father, it's a hard word. We don't don't want to hear it because we like our stuff. I pray that you'll help us today. Help us to just, if nothing else, just look at who we are and what we have through the lens of your kingdom. And recognize we don't have a thing in this life more valuable than the life you've given us by faith in Jesus. And God, give us a Give us an ability to then start sorting out our stuff through that lens. Send on what we don't need. Stop pining over the things that that we lust after and are, are greedy for. God, help us to see needs we can meet. Help us to take a step of radical gratitude and generosity. God, we ask that you'll meet the needs of those that are, that are hurting in our body. I think about Norman Jones. I pray that you'll, that you'll touch him in the hospital and that they'll be able to, to do what is needed for him. I pray for, uh, uh, for Mike's son's father-in-law recovering from, from COVID there in Virginia after being in the hospital. Um, Father, we're thankful for for Larry and Johnny being able to be here with us today. What a treat. Thank you that you gave them the strength to come. And I pray that you'll continue to bless them. God, I don't know what the needs are in the body. <clears throat> but I pray that you'd encourage us today. To know that you, lo- that, that, that you love us. And that you want to draw us into that closer walk. And that we can trust you. With everything we have. Father, I pray that you'll help our mindset to be kingdom-focused today. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, 